0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Green and Healthy Places podcast, in which we take a deep dive into the themes of wellness and sustainability in real estate and hospitality. Today, we're in my old home of Portugal, specifically in the idyllic Algarve region to the south, talking to Sean Moriarty, CEO of Quinta do Lago, a sustainably-minded, mixed-use development with over 50 years of history behind it. Today the residential resort focuses on outdoor living with two and a half thousand acres of land of which only 25% can be developed on. As well as being home to some, it's also a tourist destination in its own right with golf courses, hotels, a sports campus, restaurants and retail, as well as its own nature reserve and a white sand beach, even their own on-site farm. If you like this type of content, please hit subscribe. You can find my contact details and those of Quinta do Lago in the show notes. So let's get into it. Here's CEO Sean Moriarty. Sean, thanks so much for joining me today. It's a real pleasure. There's so much we could talk about. You've got a huge project and a huge remit. Today we're going to focus on more the sort of green and health and wellness aspects, but Perhaps just for those who aren't familiar with Quinta do Lago, just a very brief introduction to, to the project and, and its various components.
1: Yeah, good morning and thanks. Thank you for inviting me. It's, uh, it's great to be joining you. Um, so Quinta do Lago is in the in the very south of Portugal. It's 12 minutes from, from Faro Airport. Um, we really are spoilt with nature here. It's 50 years old now, Quinta do Lago, since it was first founded. And it's changed a huge amount in, in those 50 years. And I suppose in the last number of years, really what we've uh, brought new to Quinta del Lago was, and some game changers for us, was the campus. That's one of the, the latest inventions. Um, we built new homes, but very much focusing on outdoor living, which is a, a huge part of Quinta del Lago. You know, it's safety, it's nature, outdoor living, sense of community um, which was a big element of, of what the campus brought. So it's built on two and a half thousand acres um, of land. Uh, there's a respective, we respect the green belt. So you can only build on 25% of the land. So, you know, there's no, there's no high rising buildings. All the buildings are all built at the same height. It is an architectural dream world because they can have different styles but it's, uh, everything is built at the same height, everybody's got big gardens, you know, it, looks, it looks very good.
0: So just, just to sort of put that in perspective then, essentially it is a residential community first and foremost, but you then also have, you also have the golf and you have the hotel component. So you're open to the public, there's interaction with the public, but you also have those who, who invest by and, and live on site for at least part of the year.
1: Exactly. So it's residential. Residential is a a big part of of our resort here. So you've got uh, a number of villas, mainly villas, and then you've got some condominiums, which would have a mixture of townhouses and apartments. So as over the last number of years, and now in particular during COVID, we're seeing residents living down here more often and for longer periods of time. Uh, But Quinter Lago is, it's open, it's open for tourism. Uh, we get a lot of tourism, we get a lot of passing through traffic. But it's, you know, it's from generations of old. Um, right now we're seeing some amazing things here of three generations of, of people that are um, uh, staying quarantining down in Lago. So it's, uh, and the, the age profile is very much changing over the last uh, 18 months or, or 24 months.
0: Getting younger? Younger. The-
1: yeah, younger. So, you know, if you go back maybe six years ago, the average age of our real estate buyer was in the late sixties, uh, late sixties, probably even early seventies. Now it's mid forties, eighty five percent for buyers.
0: I think that's one of the things that really interests me most is is just how obviously the project's got fifty years of history behind it, but it does seem to now just be hitting that this sort of unexpected crest of a wave right which is suddenly there's this turn to to healthy living and, and health has become the new wealth and it just feels like you guys are just so neatly positioned to capitalize on that but clearly it wasn't the case necessarily as i understand it 50 years ago right so i mean you must be are you seeing that are you seeing the effects of that yourself tangibly
1: for sure you know and it's you know, you, you, you see a lot of marketing throughout the world of uh, trying to on the buzz of, you know, it's a healthy place to be and invest in your wellness and this kind of stuff. Because of where Quinto de Lago is situated and situated on the National Park on on, on the Rio Formosa, which is an amazing place. If you haven't been there, you need to take a walk or a cycle along. And it. it's, it, it really is mind blowing. So Quinto de Lago has probably been saying this for a long, long time of the kind of environment that it is, uh, low density, you know, clean air. And now it's really become more important over the last two years um, and in particular in the past 12 months for for the reasons that we know, but it really is top of mind, I think, for people. And it's a top of mind in, in uh, it's top of mind for younger generations, I, I think. Schools now in most parts of of the world and better parts of Europe in particular, they're really getting behind the whole sustainability piece. My nine-year-old can have conversations with me about sustainability that I don't fully understand, I have to admit. And that's a great, great place to be.
0: So, So clearly, in one sense, there's wider external factors that are turning in your direction. But how have you, as a team, uh, strategically had to respond to what's going on around her over the last two years like what, what has it been a case of new packages new facilities how have you tweaked or adapted the offer
1: you know we, we, we really want to be the leaders uh, we want to be the leaders of change and that's been a part of our journey for the last number of years uh, and that's why we invested so much in in our resort uh, over the last Eight years, nine years, we've we've invested over 70 million in just a resort in, in revamping it in various different things. And, you know, during this lockdown pandemic, we said, let's now take advantage of this time and start on our golf courses. Our golf is a huge part of our business and we've number one golf course in Europe for a number of years. But, you know, it's, it's no longer about having great greens and clean bunkers. You also have to have really uh, play a huge part in the environment and we went on a heavy audit on on the machinery we were using on our resorts uh, in our golf courses in particular our water pumps and the how accurate these guys were and it you know it was a surprise to us there was huge improvements to be made so that got us then on the movement of investing in our in our golf course and south course in particular we're putting in 7 million into that at the moment but You know, one of the big results out of that is uh, we've completely changed the water system that we've put in, we've uh, redesigned or got help in to redesign our pumps because they weren't efficient enough. And at the end of this, with the new grasses we're using, the new pumps we're using, we're going to be using uh, 30% less water consumption per annum, which is massive in an area like this, uh, where water is so important in a warm weather environment. So they, you know, that's that's one piece. but I have hundreds of pieces I could speak to you about, including our farms and everything else.
0: You mentioned the farm, and that was going to be one of my questions because it does. It just looks like sort of this idyllic setup that you've got. Like, what was the? Is that more of a, if you like, a sort of soft marketing piece, or is it is it literally a functional working farm that contributes to the restaurants? Like how have you how have you structured that that investment and, and ongoing maintenance of the farm?
1: Well to be honest with you we had that piece of land uh, a number of years ago and we really wanted to get into we want to involve our restaurants quite a bit and to buy local is very important for us to buy local is actually harder than it seems even though we've got amazing fresh markets here you know i think there's still quite a bit of work to do in in local uh, which i support by the way on local governments and and food safety controls of how they can help the, the local food market producer and the restaurant owners to get that traceability of food product from A to B. I think there's still quite a bit of work to do in that. And that will be a game changer uh, for everybody when that happens. So, you know, we really wanted to, we found it hard to get certain types of vegetables um, and certain types of products. So we said, let's use this piece of ground. And grow our own and it started from there it then became a wish list for the chefs I want this and I need this I can't get this anywhere and it evolved from there then we have another couple of acres of land out the road that wasn't being used we farm that and we've that turned into five acres of, of farm now where vegetables are grown and we've got greenhouses in it and it's uh, to be honest, it's only right now in the past couple of months, two years later, that I'm really seeing the impact of this, of when you're getting, uh, we do a lot of takeaway food now and home delivery food for customers because of uh, lockdown and the colors of the different vegetables, the freshness of it. It's it's really amazing. And we're going to expand on that quite a bit. I've got some exciting things happening this year, I hope, uh, on the farm. but. Yeah, it's not something that we're making a lot of money out of, but it's uh, it's bringing, making a huge change in our footprint, of course, but also the quality of what we are, we're providing.
0: You mentioned then the idea of, of the connection and your relationship with the wider community. And obviously, you know, we talk now about community often in the same breath as as sustainability and, and wellness. Just wondering if there are other things that you're doing, or how else you're you're engaging with the community. Has that been a piece of your your CSR plan from the beginning, or have you had to up um, those uh, those initiatives? Yeah,
1: we've 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 always had a great connection with the with the community here, with the the residents and guests that we come in. We've got a, quite a large database. You know, I uh, there's you've we've got a lot of uh, golf club members in the campus. You know games like paddle, it brings to get people together. You've got various different groups. I think what really stood out very quickly here last year, when the pandemic uh, started off, we, we had this flatten the curve thing that was going around the place and, and ourselves and the, the rest of the res, uh, residents, uh, very quickly within one week pulled together at the very beginning to raise funds for the local hospital and. Uh, i think it took 9 days and there was a half a million donated to the local hospital to get um some machinery that they really needed and that how quick that pulled together was amazing that was really and the les, the, the 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 residents just grabbed it led it i didn't have to be very much involved and um, got involved a few times and it was just completed and uh, i was just looking at my whatsapp groups lately they're still talking on it uh, there's still pieces going on it and that showed a sense of community you know whereas at times it seems it's very transient here people plugged in very fast so you know that we get we look for feedback for every now and again from residents and different things've i spoke to seven or eight residents this week about a new restaurant we're opening up and bounced a few names off them to get their feedback funnily enough all seven of them had different opinions but it didn't make my life any easier, but you know we do engage quite a bit.
0: So there's that, that interaction then with your with your, your your key stakeholders effectively. I'm just wondering then within the context of sustainability and your efforts there, because you have been putting out a lot of content recently around your new sort of eco strategy, and it's you know there's there's clearly a lot of thinking that's gone into that. And I wondered if that has come, has that been driven if you like by those. Residential stakeholders, or is that come from above, from from a sort of the boardroom level, and obviously that's an extra benefit for the residents. Or what, what was the the, um, the genesis of that?
1: Yeah, I have to admit, the main driver is probably from from us within. You know, it wasn't pushed upon us to say you should be doing this. It's uh, it, the basics of sustainability is is a giving. You know, it's frowned upon if you're still talking about. How are you getting rid of first use plastic? Like that's uh, that's like in retail in the nineties when we had some great customer service people going around saying, "I can really train your staff to be the best trained people ever." And really, how are you going to do that? I'll train them how to say hello, please, and thank you. Like that's a giving, you know. It's that's that's the basics, and I think we were getting, you know, if we if you put out a plastic straw, it's just frowned upon. You, that's that can't happen but we really need to take it way above and beyond that and uh, yeah, and how custom, how people can enjoy it and uh, and food is one of the the, the the quickest and easiest ways for people to realize that what you're doing and why we're doing it and and to re- and eventually we want to have uh carbon menus so that you understand where how's the carbon footprint from the food that you have on that menu where does it come from and I think it's uh, eventually that's where we'd like to get to in one or two of our locations. And explain if we look, you really love figs. Figs are out of season now, so I had to get them from Brazil, and
0: that's the impact. It's a, del- a delicate balancing act, I-, I guess, between yeah providing transparency and information and honesty and yeah, delivering a-, a luxury experience. So. Um, yeah, I guess you're just you're just trying to find your way through on that, and but whilst leading within the market, right? So it must it can't be easy. Uh, I, with, you mentioned the campus, and that would be perhaps another example of where you really push the boundaries. Um, you know, when I visited, that for me is is genuinely a sort of let's call it semi elite level or pro level sports facility that you just do not find in hotels let alone residential development. So the question it begs asking, again, did that come from demand from the market? Or did you just say, you know what, we're not going to do a standard gym. We're going to completely raise the bar on that and set a new standard for hotel and residential gyms.
1: I think to to be fair, um, our shareholder, no matter what he does, it's not going to be standard. It has to be above that. And I think that's what the demand is. If you're going to, if we're going to maintain this leadership role of resorts and this is what we want to be, it's expected that it's going to be above and beyond uh, what the norm would be. And, you know, to, we really wanted it to be a game changer within to the logo. So the campus, ideally in our mindset, when we set it out, we wanted the campus to become a fly to destination. Not just Portugal to be a flight to destination, Quinta de Lago to be flight to, but the campus. And that very much happened because we eventually, you know, after it being built, it took two years to build it. Uh, our first teams, they came from Beijing, they came from the premiership in, in in the UK, they were they were traveled from all over the world, we had PSG, we had various different teams here, football teams, and they haven't been in Quinta de Lago before. A lot of those players have never been here. So they came here because of the campus. So, and that's really what we wanted to, wanted to do. But the important thing about the campus is it's built to the standard for the elite athlete, but our tagline is very clear, be elite, whatever your level. And so it's open for everybody. So you can train with the elite athletes at your side. We don't close off parts of it, you know, unless there's a big football team here and they need some privacy. We've got all the machinery, all the techniques, um, and the coaches that would train a, an elite athlete, and it's open for everybody. So for residents and guests, uh, you know, I use it every day, and I'm elite at my level. I'm not. I'm not at somebody else's level, and that's what we want it to be. You know, it's uh, it's it's uh, we're a big believer in backing the underdog, if that fits in.
0: And the. Just to sort of dig into that because it is an interesting topic. I mean, clearly, you know, the temptation with a gym is to say, okay, we'll put in some hardwood flooring, put some mirrors on the walls, put some lighting in, perhaps a plant in the corner, and then boom, you get techno gym in, and and they just kind of do the rest, right? They just fit it out with all their the usual gear and sell you lots of strength machinery. At some point, you said, okay, no, we're gonna we're gonna do it differently. And there was, financially, did you then have to factor in the? Additional revenue streams around bringing in and attracting the pro teams because there's a gap, right? There's a big step to go from your standard investment in your kind of classic technogym to what came out the other end in the form of campus. And did you did you know where, how how it was going to bring secondary or tertiary benefits, or was it a bit of a leap of faith that there was just demand out there and that if you if you built it, they would come?
1: You know. W- we were lucky enough. We met a lot of contacts, and we've got some. We've got some friends in the LMA, for instance, um, and we were able to speak to some football teams and managers um, and th- ask them, you know, of the places you go to, where is the best? And we didn't want to know why it was the best. It's what was missing from it, and we ended up with a list of things that was missing, and that's what we went after is those things that was missing because the rest of it would pull together. But if you have stuff that nobody else has, that's a unique selling point, right? So the pitch was the biggest, in, uh, probably a big game changer and a big uh, investment. It's a Deso pitch. It's 95% natural grass and, and the rest of it is, is made up. That's, we're the only one in Europe that you can hire that pitch from. But yet that's the pitch that... PSG will play on. That's the pitch Man City play on in their stadium. And they everywhere else they were going to have their camps didn't have that pitch to train up. So we invested in that. And that was a huge investment compared to the normal pitch that we could have put in. A huge amount, a huge difference. But the difference on that is, you know, we can... If you get the stats, if you got a, a big game coming up, a Champions League game coming up, you know, you'll get the stats of the pitch of how much water they're going to have on it what's the roll of the ball going to be the distance of it what's the bounce going to be we can replicate that pitch in 3 days and that's that was unique so that's clearly was a decision the hope that that would be a hugely important we 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 believed it would be important and that was what we were gambling on and it has turned out that it is quite important for people
0: so there's in some cases where you make these interventions and you make a bet on there, there being demand out there for it. And other times, clearly, a, a large part of your your strategy is just to leave nature where it is and to not intervene. You mentioned the the low density strategy. So how do you how do you sort of plan ahead in terms of leaving certain amounts untouched and, and, and encouraging people to connect with nature? Because clearly, there's this big shift now towards yeah, spending more time outside in the fresh air. You've obviously got commercial demands on the one side but then the in the same sense, at the same time protecting your future by allowing enough nature to to remain untouched so how do you how do you juggle those two
1: well you know there's uh, there's a master plan in place for almost 50 years now since the since it, the Quentin Lago was founded of protecting that amount of green belt and we've never moved from that and in fact we're extremely strict on it so when people are building houses when they're buying plots here it's only there's only a limited amount of plots left and there's a huge demand for uh, the buildability per plot is clearly marked out and that's what you that's your maximum it won't budge from that if if it's over that you know you you might be living in it you just won't be living in in fact it just doesn't happen and everybody in these areas know that architects municipalities, designers, they're all clear about that. And that's what that's very unique for us. It'll never change. We we will never be going back to redesign the master plan to say, can we have a bit of this green belt back or take a bit here or take a bit there.
0: Good on you. So your role clearly then is to is to steady the ship and, and guide it on that path, because you sort of know where you're going to to some extent. But then within that obviously there's lots of room to to experiment and, and to do what you're doing, which is yeah, innovate and create new products and services. So looking ahead to the next one, two, three years down the pipeline, what do you have coming up? Like, What, what are your next um, new launches that you have coming?
1: Well, my my next immediate one, which is quite exciting, and in, in a lot of places, it might seem like a, a small thing. For us, it's a big piece. It's extended. Uh, continue to expand the farm we have, but we're going to build a bee farm and we've got a number of guys that work for us that are very qualified in this field so they're very excited to get into a new a new project and a new role um, and that's i think going to be exciting for us like i see this as every customer that comes and rents a villa from us or stays in, in our hotel will get a jar of honey leaving and it'll be another unique piece of of Quinter Lago and the Algarve and we're going to continue to evolve that. The, the outdoor living is huge. You know, you mentioned that and um, the whole health and wellness piece of it, we're really starting to become comfortable with that and providing a, a good service on that. You know, we've got, we've got good golf, we've got good paddle, we've got good tennis. We're evolving our cycling routes uh right now we've got since you were here a couple of years ago we've got a new nature trail all along the Rio formosa where it's it's really it's linking up different beaches and you're off the sand dune it's amazing and you can see everything that's going on around you it's it's great and when the tide is in and you've got all the birds around you and flamingos there it's it's an amazing place to be yeah uh, we're very much going to push out on that and you know, it's it's a lot of a lot of things now. It's about packages. I think people like decisions to be made for them, or at least to be guided into. I'll take care of it. What do you want to do? You know, if you're coming, you're going to travel for the first time. You want to clean living, open spaces. What kind of food do you like? And uh, what kind of exercise do you like? Do you not exercise? And we'll create that whole piece for him, uh, right down to. We will label the shelves on your fridge that that's dad's shelf, that's mum's shelf, and this is the baby's shelf of what you've told us and what feedback you've given us. And pack it and plan out your entire week if you want to de stress and relax, or you want a fusion and lots of activity. Yeah, and already we're getting lots of great feedback on that. So I think we're going to continue to expand on that. We will look at um, developing more real estate. We're just looking at plans on that at the moment, but we're looking forward to getting people back here.
0: Well, you've got plenty going on. It's uh, it's impressive stuff. So thank you very much for your time. It's been great. great. Thank you, Matt.
1: Thanks very much.